And the motion picture is the most important art film ever devised by the human race. It is the, the art form that creates more empathy than any other. It creates our ability to step out of our own shoes. Hello, and welcome to the Great Movies Podcast, a retrospective film review show where we watch and discuss the movies covered in Roger Ebert's seminal film essay collection, The Great Movies. I'm Dylan Quare. I'm Nick Fulton. Is it me? And I'm, and I'm Janet Gardner. <laughs> Janet would have been next. We're not, why would I? Uh, what's the order? We have an order. Isn't it alphabetical, alphabetical by first name? DJN. Oh, is this a, something we decided on at some point? And I just have no. Yeah, but I still mess it up all the all time. All right. Too, so so do we. <laughs> it apparently. doesn't matter. Are, are are we redoing this? Or are you keeping this all in? No, we were all in. This is this, that was for the fans. Okay, so. it's for the true fans. All right. Shout out to them. It's going out. I, I love whenever uh, uh, effectively wild starts with Meg screwing up and then immediately going, "Don't keep it in." <laughs> yeah, just just keep it in. <laughs> um, and today we are discussing quite possibly cinema's greatest achievement, Gone with the Wind. I posted recently in a Facebook group what is the most successful movie of all time as far as critical reception, accolades, box office, everything put together. And this was kind of outright agreed that it was probably this. Um and I think there's a rightful way to um, argue that. I don't. It, yeah. What would the competition be? Maybe Godfather, but Godfather only got like two Oscars. Titanic, right. I think, has to be up there. Titanic would, Titanic be, up would be up there, there for sure. Because yeah, if we're, especially if we're talking about like critical approval, awards, and box office, yeah. like having all three of those. Um, it's tough. It's very tough. I, the other one, Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. That, yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty that that's one, close too. Did you say Jaws? Someone just would be up there, but it didn't win that many awards. All right. Let's yeah. I think let's... it kind of struggled through actually like receiving the accolades through award season, but still, it's Jaws. Okay. Yeah, I let's... think it would have to be in the conversation anyway, but it's it's oh, it's yeah. tough to argue this one. It won a bunch of Oscars, including Best Picture. It, I think, still is the number one adjusted box office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. by like. Five hundred million dollars, like oh, by like all. half a billion dollars. Yeah, it goes Gone with the Wind. I just pulled it up. Gone with the Wind, Avatar, Titanic, Star Wars, Avengers Endgame, which considering how high that is adjusted for inflation is pretty wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is Sound of crazy. Music, E.T., Ten Commandments, Dr. Zhivago, and then Force Awakens. So E.T. and Sound of Music might How be. How is Dr. Zhivago other... up that high? Dr. Zhivago. That, that's like always the secret one on this list. I, I look up this list all the time and I always forget what's on it. And every time it's like Dr. Zhivago. Like a movie that people <laughs> like. It's not like I don't think it's forgotten. It's just not like, you know, it's, it's not the cultural phenomenon yeah. that literally every no. single other one of those movies was in some way. There's no Dr. Zhivago ride at Universal. I mean, there could be. There could be. <laughs> Was there a Gone with the Wind ride at a... Uh... There should be. What's... You, you have I to mean... go through, like, burning buildings. I was I was going to say... I, it you have to help deliver a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to ride, yeah, ride through some flames, help deliver a baby, um, do some... some uh, horse jumping. You got. You got to. Oh. You got to do. Uh, yeah, yeah. You got to do some horse jumping tricks. Um, 
Yeah. I was going to say, there must be, like, some sort of studio Gone with the Wind attraction somewhere. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know Crazy. that it, hey. it was one of the uh, the calendar uh, months in Best in Show when the dogs did the movie-themed <laughs> calendars. One of them was Gone with the Wind. That's true. They have the little, like, paper, like, blown up <laughs> oh, with the... God. But, yeah, it, it does just go to show you that this is, I guess doesn't goes without saying by far the oldest movie on that list of top earners like the 10 commandments is the next oldest movie from 1956 but this was made in 1939 and yeah. just has played for so long so successfully that like it may if, if avatar couldn't catch it if endgame couldn't catch it i don't i don't think that anything ever will no yeah. no um i think Many people cite Jaws and Star Wars as like the beginning of the modern box office, but Gone with the Wind and Wizard of Oz are definitely the starts of the actual mm-hmm. like blockbuster yeah. film. Um, because before then, this it was like there were a lot of like popular films, but there was never like genuine. Unless I'm missing something, I'm sure I am, but at least at this level, that like. Godfather from Here to Eternity, stuff like that would kind of go on to replicate mm-hmm. um, Sound of Music. Yeah. Um, so, uh, how do we want to start this conversation? Um, let's uh, kind of talk about how we've seen this film before, what we brought into this watch. Uh, Jano, what, what about uh, you in this uh, Yeah, I've seen gone with the wind probably a dozen times um i just it was on like tcm or whatever cable movie channels a lot when i was a kid i'm sure we rented it in my house like my you know we would rent movies every weekend and my mom would pick out like here's a famous movie that you should watch and if like my dad got to pick it was going to be something like ben-hur and if my mom got to pick it was going to be something like gone with the wind so i guess my mom had read the book and the sequel to the book um called scarlet it's not that good um but I've, yeah, I've seen it a ton of times. Um, I was very obsessed with the dresses and the clothes when I was a kid. Um, definitely thought it was super cool to wear hoop skirts, which in reality would be so beyond impractical that it's just crazy <laughs> to think about. Um, but yeah, and then I, I rewatched it actually a few years ago, maybe five-ish years ago. Um, I had a friend over and we were just like, like looking at what was streamable on Amazon Prime and we were both like, Oh, Gone with the Wind. We haven't seen that since we were kids. And like put it on and we're like, oh, right. That's why we don't watch this movie anymore. <laughs> but, you know, we just like had it on and then obviously we watched it again this week. So, yeah, I've just always been familiar with it. It was just always around. I've just seen it a bunch of times. Um, and, you know, as I I have sort of jokingly noted in my letterbox review, like it's of course, the way you look at it as you grow older and you have a better understanding about America and history and context and everything is one thing. But geez, Louise, even just trying to deal with Scarlett O'Hara as a character, as a grown-up, is like, okay. Yeah. She's, like, a, she's a lot. Take, gigantic caveat of take the whole Confederacy out of it. And I still would be like, <laughs> i got to sit through four hours of this lady's life? Okay. Um, she's quite a bit. But yeah, so... Gone with the Wind, uh, unlike most movies in this book, one that I have uh, extreme familiarity with pre this week. What about you, Nick? So I'd only seen it once, and I was thinking back on like when I watched it, and I think my folks must have had the VHS of it, because I remember watching it in my parents' basement. Um, and I remember I'd split it up into two, like a two-part 
watch because it's so freaking long. And I watched it like one day after school when I was in high school. And then the next day, I was talking to a girl after school and she wanted to hang out. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go home and watch this movie that I started yesterday. And she's like, oh, what is it? And I said, Gone with the Wind. And she said, what are you, a woman like my mom's age? <laughs> and that's, wow, uncool. And that's when I realized that my budding cinephilia is not cool. <laughs> <laughs> was was not gonna make you real popular with the other teens. Yeah, so I, I blew off hanging out with a girl uh, to watch the second half of uh, a, a a pretty racist movie about a a woman who shoots herself in the foot constantly. Uh, amazing. Yeah, so <laughs> that's my experience with it. What about you, Dylan? R.I.P. Nick Social Life. Yeah. Um, for me, I think just like Nick, I only saw this once, and I'm pretty sure I saw it in middle school. I think it was one of those movies that like my parents were like, oh, if you're into movies, you should watch this one. And they showed it to me and I was like, cool, yawn, all right. Uh, and I never uh, felt the need to watch it again. And um, I can say in this watch, I think it's an incredible achievement. There's some fantastic sequences, but uh, I feel vindicated and not feeling like I really needed to watch it again. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, kind of like I said, when I did think, oh, I'll revisit this, I, I realized that maybe there was no need <laughs> to revisit it after all. I think I actually enjoyed Scarlet more than you guys. That was really my problem with it. It just it goes on so long, and especially the second half drags so much. Second half's rough. Even though the um, second half has some good, like, Rhett Butler stuff in it, but it's 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 rough. Yeah, I have a lot of pacing sure. issues uh, towards the end and some plot points. So we'll, we'll get into the specifics. Um, I think I, that the split on this movie with uh, where it ranks on the AFI list versus where it ranks on the BFI sight and sound poll is kind of wild. So on the first AFI list, it was number four. And then on the revised list, it dropped two points to number six. But on the BFI list, it only got nine votes. It's uh, barely in the top 250. It's 235. Interesting. Whoa. That's, so I, I figured there would be a split, and I was just going to say, well, like, it's such an American mm -hmm. movie, and people outside, you know, it's just, it's for better and mostly for worse. It's just so deeply bedded in American culture that I, I that would explain a split. But that is, yeah. that is way more... Uh, I like way further apart than I was expecting you to say. Although I'm I'm looking at all the people who voted for it, and I've got one less. Of the nine votes, only um, one person is actually from the U.S. Camille Paglia. Everyone else is British, <laughs> Russian, Swedish, Australian. Massive. Maybe the Americans who vote in the BFI poll are like have some self awareness yeah, and are yeah. like, I shouldn't put Gone with the Wind on my list. Yeah, no. yeah, that yeah, that actually is. Yeah, they could be actually dissuade Camille Paglia. Okay, uh, I did not know she had a BFI vote. That's fascinating. Um, I don't, yeah. I don't know who that is. Should I know that name? Uh, no, she's like a like a she's an opinion writer. Opinion writer is not the way. Like she's an intellectual. I Wait, guess. she was just. Oh, someone she's, was dunking on her within the last week about uh, movie theaters, right? Didn't she, she write an she, opinion piece about... Was she the one who wrote the Tarantino 
one. Oh, maybe. I don't know. She's like a, a sort of feminist intellectual who just, every time her name comes up, it's usually for some sort of like crazy hot take, um, is my association with her. Yeah, I saw, because her, her Wikipedia is, is uh, it looks like I just recently visited her page. So I remember people dunking her uh, dunking on her for something that uh, her, must her not have bothered me that much her wikipedia under the category of views has four subsections and oh, those no. subsections are feminism french thought politics and child sexuality oh <laughs> one of those things is not like the other yeah that escalated oh, quickly she uh she she has some nambla associations wow this is getting dark okay okay yeah let's move on <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, let's get back to the relatively uncontroversial Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind. Yeah, so um this is a, I feel like this is going to be a pretty brief Oscar corner which because it's just like they won. Yeah. They won the night. It was just nominated for everything and won most of it and a couple of the things they didn't win for was because they beat themselves in their own right. the category they had another nomination mm-hmm. in. And um the and, uh, you know, it's it's worth noting that this is often considered one of, like, maybe the greatest best picture lineup of all time, one of the great mm-hmm. film years of all time. Um, this was I'm... in early years when they, is it 10 nominees? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, yeah 10 nominees. 10. And it's it's largely films that have stood the test of time over the past, you know, 80 plus years. So I like... it's just often mm-hmm. held up. I like that they called it Outstanding Production. Yeah. yeah. Well, it does go to the producers, so yeah. that's you know that's basically what the award is for. Um, I can't believe Mr. Chips beat Clark Gable for Best Actor. Get out of here with that. Yeah. Um, Get out of it. Strange. With that. But I, I have a bit of a Clark Gable hot take in this movie. You don't think he's good? I think he's good, but I think he's just really outshone by some of the the other actors in this movie. Specifically, Vivian Leigh, Libby de Havilland, Hattie, Mc, Hattie McDaniels. Uh, um, I think they're all just like noticeably better than him. That is a hot take. He has the charisma, but some of like his line readings and stuff, I was like, it's not really landing with me. But he's still good. Like, yeah, I think I mean, it's not, a lot of that. I, I, it, at least for me, was the lines themselves. Like, he's yeah. got to say some shit in this movie yeah. that is like yeah, does not like, land well. Vivian Leigh has to say some shit, well, but every time she speaks, I'm like. Fuck yeah. Oh, see, whereas I did not have that experience. Oh, I, but I, I don't hold Lee it against Lee. Vivian Lee at all. I, she's, you know, I'm not going to say anything bad about her, but... Uh, yeah. You, yeah. You're holding it against the fictional person of Scarlett O'Hara. I, I uh, continue to hold it against Scarlett O'Hara. Katie um, Scarlett O'Hara. Yeah. <sighs> I, I think if I was voting for actor this year, I would have gone either... Olivier in Wuthering Heights or Jimmy Stewart and Miss- Jimmy Stewart and Mr. I, Smith goes. I would be less offended by either of them winning for sure. Like, as, yeah, as yeah, like the goodbye, Mr. Chips. Sorry, Robert Dumat, but uh, I might be doing a little write-in for John Wayne and Stagecoach. Sure. Yeah, he's amazing in Stagecoach. <laughs> I, I just looked. How is Stagecoach not in book one? What are you doing, Raj? Come on, Raj. Love Stagecoach. <laughs> Although we can say that about like any. Uh, John Ford that isn't in book one. Yeah, that's true. What are you doing? Um, one of the... F- there was two things I specifically wanted to talk about with uh, this Oscars year. One is, what do you guys think you would have voted for in Best Picture of the nominees? 
Stagecoach. I know Dylan's answer is Wizard of Oz. Yeah, your your answer is yep. gonna be Wizard of Oz. I haven't seen Stagecoach, but I mm, and you don't like Wizard of Oz. I don't like Wizard of Oz. I mean, I give it okay. Don't like Wizard of Oz is like a overgeneralization. I just I'm just <laughs> not in love with the Wizard of Oz. Um, <sighs> Have you seen Ninochka? I've not seen Ninochka. I I'm think you would. Really, I think you would really like. Ninochka. I probably would. Because yeah. the ones I've seen are Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, of Mice and Men, Wuthering Heights, Wizard of Oz, Gone with the Wind. Um, you know, I actually, again, from technical achievement, I don't know Wizard of Oz. I don't think I'd be mad at. I actually, I actually might mm. go Wizard of Oz, even though like it's not my favorite. Because um, I mean, I, I loved Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, and like I said, of Mice. I'm not going to vote for those for Best Picture though. Um, not for outstanding production, you know, if that's what we're going for here. Uh-huh. So um, the other, I guess I kind of want to talk about two quick things. Um, the mainly supporting actor and actress. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, whoops! I actually messed up. I thought Thomas Mitchell won supporting actor for Gone with the Wind, but he won yeah, supporting actor stage for stage. Coach. Coach, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was going to be like, one of those. Why would he get? Uh, best supporting actor for his role in Gone with the Wind. It not... probably, though, I mean, I don't know how things worked back then, but definitely it now. must have helped his case, Right, yeah. when someone wins yeah. for something. It's it's like, you know, when, um, oh my gosh. Brad Pitt. Uh, sure, Brad Pitt. Um, I'm thinking of what's her name uh, from The Danish Girl. Uh, oh, uh, Olivia Vikander. Alicia Vikander. Thank you, Alicia yeah, Vikander. Alicia, Alicia Vikander. Yeah, when that was the ex machina year, and so mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's, these things they they stack on top of one another. Okay, yeah, that's fair. And Thomas Mitchell's very, 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 very good stagecoach. That makes much more yeah. sense than Gone with the Wind. He's all right um, in Gone with the Wind. Uh, yeah, he's fine. <laughs> it's just like, why would he win Best Supporting that, Actor yeah, for that? Would, that would be that would be wild. Yeah. Oh, another one is Laura Dern winning Marriage Story when uh, oh, for, she was so much better in Little yeah. Women. Oh, in Little Women, sure. Um, the main one I want to say though is Supporting Actress. Um, this definitely felt like a two-horse race between the two Gone with the Wind actresses. Mm-hmm. I'm curious which guy, which you guys would have voted for in this category between the two. This is, I I would love to read about how this happened, like sort I, of what came together to result in. I'm really curious about that too, and I haven't even like put much thought into what I think I would have voted for. Yeah, as much as being surprised that because it's so landmark. If so they. To, yeah, like they could have um, still given the award to, like clearly that it was still a race. I mean, not that it's not now, but mm-hmm. you know, back then it's been well documented that even Hattie McDaniel uh, like wasn't able to sit with the rest of the yep. nominees. So why would they award her then if they're still going to treat her that poor, like her the right. person that poorly? When if they wanted to award the film. They right. easily could have done it to, given it to Olivia de Havilland, who is quite good in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm I glad. She's yeah, best. I'm glad that they. But I, did. I would not take away Hattie McDaniel's yeah. Oscar. Yeah. No, 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 to no, no. be That's clear, the same exact way I feel. to be clear, um, have you guys watched that cl- the clip of her, of her win and her speech I've and seen everything? It a while ago. Yeah, I didn't rewatch it. No, but she's oh, she's she's like crying. Like she seems very moved. Um, mm-hmm. but she, like, it's, it's a heartbreaking speech to watch. Cause she, she has to come in all the way from the, the back and the sides and she gets up there and she gets her speech and she's just extremely deferential, extremely thankful. She basically says she, she 
qu quote, I, you know, she hopes she can be a credit to her race, which is like a common uh, sort of way of, of saying things at the time um, that is just heartbreaking to watch now. Mm. I've seen it a million times because it's in that Oscar mm. documentary I watch every year. So like <laughs> it's like ingrained in my memory. Um, and she does. And she seems very, very moved. And when speaking to the press and everything, that it is it is very bittersweet to watch um, yeah. because yeah. it's just such a strange set of circumstances. And if that were to happen, like in more contemporary times, you could see it like people patting themselves on the back and like, look at how right. progressive we are. But I mean, maybe I'm just not as aware of like what was going on in the culture at the time, but it feels the, like right. they, it feels like they wouldn't have given a shit to like pat themselves on the back like that. Yeah. That, so, that, it's a, no. so it's yeah. sort of a strange award, but like I said, I'm, I'm glad it's there. Mm-hmm. And she's the, fantastic. The Oscars obviously. definitely yeah. seem to like, like to reward themselves for movies or reward black people for movies in which the black person is like a slave. Sure, yeah, but this was yeah. the very first like one. Like in a white person's like, story. It's just yeah. interesting that this was the, you know, that you can't be like, well, this is what the Oscars always did. Like, no, this was the first time it happened. And so it's just, yeah. and yeah. maybe it was just But this trend continued for a long course, time. Of course, yeah. And maybe well, it's still is. Yeah, I was going to say. Ali. Continues. Um, but like maybe the, um, it must just be that the film was just you know, obviously such a phenomenon. Um, you know, I, 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 but I, I think I'm kind of with what Nick is saying where it's like, it doesn't, you don't get the sense that, that maybe people would have been proud of themselves for doing this. Although maybe, mm -hmm. I mean, again, I, that's why I want to read about what the actual cultural forces were in 1939 yeah. that sort of led to this. But um, they did have to like remove KKK references because too many prominent people in the government were members of the KKK. <laughs> so you'd like, you would think that looking back, we would, what you would have expected to happen was Olivia de Havilland would have won. And we would say, wouldn't it have been cool if Hattie McDaniel could have won? Yeah. What a crazy, mm -hmm. what a fantastic nomination. That would have yeah. been cool. And, you know, but it never would have happened. And then it did happen. Um, and she's yeah. extremely good in the movie. Like it's, that is the one thing that stands out every time I have. Yeah revisited it is she is very good I, those are i yeah. think my two favorite performances in the movie yeah more, they're, they're yeah, more so than vivian lee even yeah yeah vivian lee's a close third yeah they're my two favorites absolutely um all right well, so that's oscar's oh discussion sorry, um, well, what a couple more notes um <laughs> okay the, sorry this is just this is just general oscar uh minutia but did you see how, how many nominations there are in the score categories? There's like two score categories. Oh my god! Like yeah. A dozen. If you keep scrolling down, it's like geez. And then sound and art direction, they just like nominated all of the movies. Like all the movies that came out <laughs> here. Good job. Um, I also Yay. don't know exactly. Um, I don't know what the difference is between best original score and best scoring um they both direct to the same uh source page as just the original score page so i have no idea what is happening there but there's like 25 movies nominated for their scores yeah. <laughs> this year hey a lot of good music um so in this movie included yeah, absolutely oh the score to this movie is great yeah it's one of its best and, and also a incredibly deserving win for both best art direction and color cinematography yes um, yeah yeah just except uh both of those should have been wizard of Oz, so that's <laughs> i mean it's 
it's just this, you know, it's just the weirdest coincidence of time these things happen where those two movies come out in the same yeah, year. If, they, if it weren't the same year, mm. then abs- absolutely. They'd have both swept. Yeah, have in other swept. years, it just, and one of them, although oh, Wizard, Wizard of Oz did get a, a the did win the original score category, which is yep. good for them. It's also interesting, I'm looking, the best black and white cinematography was won by Greg Tolan for Wuthering Heights, who's... Mm. Uh, best known as uh the citizen kane cinematographer i was gonna say and uh the only other competition it had was stagecoach and yeah there was only two nominees it was and that's a movie that wells reported to have seen like multiple like three dozen times in theaters and it actually was the movie that like gave him the the idea to use deep staging that toland would use with him later interesting um citizen kane so that's mm, pretty cool I wonder why, um, uh, whatchamacallit, Wizard of Oz wasn't nominated in cinematography. Maybe because it was black yeah. and white and color. And they, they didn't know what to decide do. decide where to put it. <laughs> Category confusion. It's the Oscars. Yeah. They, never, they never get it right. Yeah. There's some, there's, there's some good, like I, I said, know. there's some good stuff this year. But I'm going to be angry Wizard of Oz didn't win, though. Yeah. Don't worry. Anyway. Well, Wizard of Oz will get its day in the sun eventually when we talk about it. Year from now. Yeah, it's a waste of waste. Uh, Husky W. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the other thing I kind of want to talk about pre-plot is sort of the uh, making of this movie. Oh, yes. And kind of specifically, like, the casting of it I find fascinating. Uh, there's three sort of points in the casting. One is getting Clark Gable which they uh, had to pay, like, his entire... Because he was at a different studio. I think yeah. he was at MGM. Mm-hmm. And which which company did uh, this one? Um, I was going to ask you that, too. Oh, Lowe's. Oh, this... Right? Oh, that was the distribution, anyway. I think this Oh, is... Selznick. It's just... Oh, MGM. Selznick and yeah. MGM. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they they had to give MGM profits and uh, like um, some distribution rights yeah. plus yeah. pay Clark Gable's salary. Um, yeah. So yeah. So Selznick basically to get him away from MGM had to like let MGM have rights attached to this movie, which is fascinating. Yeah. So Gable was a huge buy, and then also. Uh, they had to make a package deal with Warner Brothers for Betty Davis, Errol Flynn, and Olivia de Havilland, also for distribution rights. Crazy. And this this whole thing feels like a like a off season final day of the baseball. Yep. I was thinking Everything the same just like trading. Trading. Yeah. Like it's like we have this like star core. We got to add like one or two more big pieces to it. Um, and the, and they went pretty all in with this. Um. And then the main thing, though, is the, the search for who's going to play Scarlet. Um, I'm just going to read the names of the people uh, that they uh, looked through before they uh, settled on Vivian Leigh. Artis Ackerson, Jean Arthur, Tallulah Bankhead, Diana Barrymore, Joan Bennett, Nancy Coleman, Francis D., Ellen Drew, Paula Goddard, Susan Hayward, Vivian Leigh, oh, blah, that's Anita Louise, Hayless Stoddard, Margaret Tolichet, Lana Turner, and Linda Watkins. So, they did them all basically. 
Yeah. <laughs> I love um, the anecdote that Catherine Hepburn wanted to play Scarlett O'Hara yeah. and tried to work with George Cukor when he was the original director to get the part, which, like, you know I love Catherine Hepburn, but can you imagine? Like, <laughs> just... Mm-hmm. I think she'd have been good. I, she, to mm. me, like, I love her, but I cannot imagine her in this part. She's so, like... I mean, I know she's done period pieces and stuff, too, but she just felt like such a modern woman of the time. And as, like, as a southern damsel, I think my brain just can't quite. I mean, sure, she would have been great, but it's just funny to imagine because it seems she's such a, like, a Yankee. Like, she's such a New Englander. Um, Yeah, that's fair. But, yeah. Although that said, we do have Leslie Howard as, like, the southern (laughs) gentleman who doesn't even. What? Not even try. Yeah, we're going to talk about Leslie Howard because, oh, my God. (sighs) Crazy. Um, I think if I would have done like a recast for Scarlet, I'd have gone Barbara Stanwyck. Would have been I great. She'd have. She'd have. Well, I would have had no complaints. Uh, but as it stands, I think Vivian Leigh is great for the part mm-hmm. and uh, worked pretty well. Um, yeah. So I think that's all I want to say. Unless uh, we'll probably talk about some of the production stuff that happened um, while we go through the movie. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Let's yeah. start off talking about that. Um, the film opens on a shot of some hard-working slaves Ooh, with the title card, There was a land of cavaliers and cotton fields called the Old South. Here in this pretty world, pretty world, mm-hmm. gallantry took its last bow. Here was the last ever to be seen of the knights and their ladies' fair of master and slave. Look for it only in books, for it is no more than a dream remembered, a civilization gone with the wind. And what reading it can't convey Oof. is all, like, the strange capital letters around things <laughs> like civilization and knights and, like, it's... Gallantry. Gallantry. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it hits you uh, right feels, up front. It, it feels very MAGA. <laughs> it cuts very quick to, into uh, that MAGA territory. Want, wanna, yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's, and, you know, we're going to jump all over the place. Whatever, guys. People know how the Civil War went. Um, but Red <laughs> Butler actually has that line about it in the movie where he says, like, you know, tell your grandchildren, like, this is the end of the Old South. Like, you know, it's, yep. hap- you know, when, when everything's burning. Um, and, yeah, it's basically in the movie. They're like, yeah, this is it. The end. The end of our way of life. And mm-hmm. we're like, well, we, we had hoped so. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, <it's, laughs> alas. That was know. the idea. <laughs> Um, yeah, so much for that. Um, to be fair, I think some people point out that this is also somewhat like a satirical take on like the extravagance and somewhat stupidity of the old South. But it, while it's a, definitely a satire on it, it also never gets at the root of the issues that actually were terrible of the time. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think one thing that I, I like in the Ebert essay, which I know we'll talk about later, is how he places it in the context of this is a movie made you know, a book written and a movie made in the 30s mm-hmm. about the Civil War. Yes. And so putting it in the context of, like, what was happening in American society in the 30s um, kind of colors a lot of that, where it's like, yes, it's kind of like winking satire and, like, aren't they all ridiculous in some ways, but it is also quite romanticizing at the same time. Yep. Um, and, yeah, it is. It, 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 I would say it walks a line, but not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in this opening scene, we sort of are at like a, a party ball sort of thing. Um, 
slash like a meeting of like different southern gentlemen about whether the war is going to start um it kind of feels like the godfather where the opening scene is like 20 30 minutes and like everything is set up between all the characters and all the settings mm-hmm. and everything that's going to go on for the rest of the movie mm-hmm. um we get introduced to our main core four i would say mm-hmm. um and i think three of them just have like god tier cinematic entrances Vivian lay with like these two Archie twins, like cowered around her. Uh, they really look like Archie. Well, like, I'm... It's just, it's that like the shocks of red hair is so, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and like, they like the camera, like zooms in and like splits them apart. And Vivian lays just there. Like what's up? Mm-hmm. She's just so cool. Um, Clark Gable with him, like sitting down at the bottom of the stairs, looking up at uh, Vivian lay, like, Ooh la la. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Olivia de Havilland, where, when, uh, who calls her? I think it might be Ashley. And she like does this big turnaround. And I feel like I can just see like this title card starring Olivia de Havilland, like below it. Um, I don't, I cannot remember how they introduce Ashley, but you know, screw Ashley. So, mm-hmm. so one thing I want to ask up front is, why Ashley would you have Clark Gable? Fascinating question that uh, I... It, the movie never <laughs> answers up until, like, the closing minutes. It's like, <laughs> never, never answers. I could not tell you. Uh, no, I mean, it's... <laughs> I mean, I guess on a basic level. So, like, I mean, it eventually is going to just be wanting what you can't have, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, she yeah. wanted him to begin with, but definitely once she can't have him. God forbid Melanie has something that she doesn't have. Like, I think that's... I'm, I'm just going to be very rude to Scarlett O'Hara throughout this mm-hmm. um, entire podcast. But, like, that's really what it feels like, is it's just like, no, you know, that's for her, and that's what she wants. And it becomes more about the fact that she should get whatever she wants as opposed to, yeah. here's this, like, super suave, handsome dude who is obviously quite into you. Just go over there like that but then you know that would we, we yeah. wouldn't have half the movie <laughs> he's also like a much safer maybe not um choice given that he's married but just him as a person he's pretty boring and dull um so he's yes. much less he's never gonna call her he, on her he's bullshit not gonna challenge her exactly the way uh red yeah. butler Mm-hmm. immediately and constantly calls her on her bullshit, which she just For doesn't real. want to deal with until it's too late. Right. I also now feel the need to point out that I've been sort of like, Rhett Butler is awesome. Why won't she get with, uh, or Clark Gable's awesome. Why won't she get with yeah, Rhett Butler? Well, we will get into yeah. his problems at the end of yes. the movie. Um, which, again, had always remembered, but on the most recent rewatch, I was just like, oh, right, that's how this movie ends. Gross. <laughs> like, speak, speaking of very upsetting things to read is, like, little Wikipedia sub, like, controversies, and it's like, uh, depiction of marital rape, and you're like, oh, oh. This movie, we just can't, like, literally, let's And that just... comes right after romanticism of slavery oh, and I gonna racism. Say, I was going to say, yeah, we just, we gotta, we gotta hit it from all directions, apparently, um, but... End of the movie notwithstanding, um, in these early days, yeah, I, I, it has to be some combination of wanting what she can't have, and then also the boring guy is not going to, you know, push back on her the way mm. yeah. my mother will. Because, like, God forbid two cousins decide to marry each other. I mean, like... you know, that's, this, is what, this is what was done uh, <laughs> at the time. 
I think one of the best things to sort of set up where the movie's going is the speech that Thomas Mitchell gives to Vivian Leigh in sort of this whole opening party at uh, Terra. Mm-hmm. He says, and it sort of closes with, land is the only thing worth fighting and dying for, for land is the only thing that lasts. And he specifically says that after mentioning he is Irish, mm-hmm. uh, that is came from England. as a, So he was a person, like probably a very poor person mm-hmm. working under the um, abuse of the English noblemen. Right. Um, so coming to America and having land of your own, the American dream. Yeah, and subjecting other people to the same wow. shit you yes. had to deal with, if Human not nature. worse. Um, this is a total tangent, but have, did either of you guys uh, see the movie a few years ago, Sunset Song, or have read the book yes. Sunset Song? No, I really want to see Sunset Song. Oh my god, Song. Sunset Song Very is good. unbelievable. But uh, there's a line in that movie that was in all the trailers, and so it really stuck in my head. Um and about the the main girl, and I'm not going to do the impression, but it says like Chris is do the it. land, and the land, uh, where she says where it says Chris is the land, and the land is Chris, basically meaning like the land the land is you, like that's all you have, uh, and they're in Scotland, but like that's what jumped out. Like yeah. having seen that uh, more recently than my last rewatch of this, I'm like, oh yeah, that's just always how it was. It's like be a landowner, work the land, like that is how your family survives. Yeah, the movie has a yeah, lot of similarities a... to Gone with the Wind, actually, the, <laughs> more, actually... I'm think, the more I'm thinking about it. Some it tr- actually some troubling. does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's just... Wait, well, there's... That, that movie's, like, con- like uh, got some... Not, not, not the racism no. stuff. The the men and women in war and, and stuff. It's set in World War One, and she okay. makes some bad decisions about uh, the dude she marries. But, um... Okay. Yeah, but no, there's no... It's, it's set in, like, you know, the Scotland and England during World War One. so... Okay. Um, that's a Terrence Davies movie, though, It is correct? a yes. Terrence Davies movie, yep. Beautiful movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. Well, so beautiful. it's a Terrence Davies movie. <laughs> it is uh, gorgeous, but upsetting, but uh, super good. Anyway, yeah. that was my Sunset Song tangent. Um, yeah, so after, at the end of this uh, party, get-together, dance, ball, war meeting, I don't know however you would have. It's all of them and none of them at the same time, basically. Yeah, I think it's my sort of assumption is that, like, it was a social gathering, but just because, like... Built into everything else but, that's going on. Right, because it's a social gathering, but the, we're on the brink of war, so inevitably the men are going to sit down and talk about the war, you know, that kind of thing. We, we, we can't forget the, the midday nap. Sh- yeah, shout to out, shout out and, to the mid-party ladies' nap. Right, just like... Yeah, um, with these... Wealthy white women getting fanned by little black children. It's a children. rough image. It is a rough Horrifying. image. Horrifying. Um, Th- then again, though, if people need a nap mid-party, <laughs> I, me more than anyone else could probably understand. Right. I, I, the, I, I am with them in their uh, the spirit, if maybe not the execution of the uh, Beautiful <laughs> the way to put it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, at the end of this thing, they're like, basically, Duck Soup-esque, we're off to war. Mm-hmm. Uh, it happens mid-party, too? It's yeah, like, like, I don't think the party's, like, inherently wrapping up. It's just, like, a bunch of people running in and it's like, it's war! And then they leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then they have to do the general, basically, like, go line up and sign up for being a confederate. Yep. But um, one of the last things that happens as war is being called is um, Melanie's brother? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Correct? Yeah, Charles. Charles Hamilton. Yep. Yeah. Scarlett decides, why, why not? You, you know what really will, uh, is, a, is a great choice in order to just uh, 
provoke jealousy is just just go ahead and get married. That that'll really show him to his brother-in-law. Yeah, and cousin. Yeah, I was gonna say they're, they're, it's all it's, it's a tangled web we weave. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, he is basically like begging to get married to Scarlet, and she's just like, "Okay, fine." Mm-hmm. Um, the wedding ball is pretty awesome. And uh, there's a great dance scene with her and Rhett. Um, Mm -hmm. But basically, the next time we hear about Charlie, it's because uh, dead. Dead. It happens so fast. It's like (laughs) it is like immediately off to war. We meet him five minutes later. He's married. Five minutes later, he's dead. dead. Yeah. So maybe it was a good strategy on Scarlet's part. The war. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He just got. He just got taken ill. Yeah, I mean, that was a, a, a big issue. I mean, there's, I can't remember the actual numbers on this. I used to know this kind of thing. But, like, the proportion of soldiers, especially Confederate soldiers, who died in the Civil War just due to, like, Regular not having any, just illness, illness lack and... of food, gangrene, just, like, they just, it, the conditions were so poor, and they had, like, you know, they, they just... Uh, you know, understandably, they were they were not very well organized and uh, didn't have a lot of resources available to them. Imagine that, um, and tons of people just died, <laughs> just like on the way to and from war and or waiting for yeah. war. Um, so, R.I.P. Charlie. We hardly knew you. Yeah, we hardly knew you. Truly. And and as, um, same with Scarlet, actually. <laughs> I was gonna say Scarlet also. <laughs> she hardly knew you. So. I kind of forget how little of this movie takes place during the actual Civil War. Mm-hmm. It's maybe an hour of it, which is, it's extensive. Which would be but... the majority of some movies, mm-hmm. and yet is a small proportion of this one. Yeah, like, the war ends probably halfway through the movie, at, I would say. At most, like, yeah. At most. Maybe like a third, yeah. Um, Battle of Gettysburg happens, like, 30 minutes into the movie, and 20 minutes of that first part was the party. yeah. Um, and there's a pretty good shot of, like, everyone in the town square sort of, like, huddled together mm-hmm. waiting for the newspapers and people, you know, reading who died and that we that they lost. Um, yeah. There's – and, you know, not to jump too far ahead or anything, but even, like, there's a chunk of the movie that takes place where, like, the bombing has, has started or happened, but, like, yeah. before the actual, like – like at which point the war is basically over, but they still kind of think they're hanging on to the point where when they finally are like the war is over, General General Lee surrendered, and it's like oh yeah that the war's been over. <laughs> General Lee just finally surrendered is what just happened. Yeah. Like, um, and uh, Scar- Scarlet like to her credit is sort of like wh- why did we do all this? Like what a what a colossal waste. And it's like yeah mm-hmm, yeah. yeah bad. It was a bad idea. Um. Maybe People next time don't secede for the need of slavery. Exactly. Slaves, yeah. Maybe next time don't go to war to, to enslave folks. Uh, lessons learned. Yeah. Um, I think this entire section, um, we don't really ever see like a real battle, but I think the entire section during the war is where the movie is the strongest. Mm-hmm. Bless you. I muted myself might... so nobody would, yeah. would hear me sneeze. No, Thank th- you. That should have been a secret. <laughs> it was my secret sneeze. I was very good about muting my microphone. Um, I think it's like the probably the strongest the movie. It's when the movie's moving, I think, the quickest, mm-hmm. which um, I don't mind a slow movie, but given the way it drags in the later half, I 
pine for the days of watching the confederacy get torn to shreds yeah and i like some of the imagery um like in particular the famous shot of scarlet walking where it pans out and you see i think i think it's when she's trying to find the doctor um yeah we're skipping a little bit ahead but it's all in the same same section so she's trying to find the doctor and you, you get this like very like huge wide pan out and she's just walking over soldiers who are laying on the ground wounded and off in the distance they continue on as far as the eye can see that's the genuinely one of the best shots that's the shot that uh spike lee uh repurposes in black klansman right like the do you guys remember black klansman there's there's, that movie starts off with a clip from gone with the wind and the music and i think Mm -hmm. it's that clip and it's sort of as the introduction to as he's explaining what the clan is basically yeah yeah Um, that's like again not having watched this in a few years when that came up. I'm like, where did I see this recently? Oh, Spike Lee. Uh, Spike Lee put the shot in Black Landsman. Too, too great a fact, I thought. Yeah, um, Spike Lee knows what the fuck he's doing. Yeah, but, um, um, it's, it's an incredible shot. reading off uh, can. <laughs> oh! Oh, Spike. You know, as someone pointed out, so um, just in case any, anyone who is, is somehow listening to this and is less terminally online than we are, the um, the, the can award ceremony, Palm Door nominations or announcements were yesterday. And Spike Lee, by all accounts, a truly phenomenal jury president, <laughs> made oh, one significant mistake, which was instead of reading off the first award in order to be announced when they asked for the first award. He it was, just said what got first place. Yeah, it was through a translator. Like, it was sort sure. of, um, like, uh, not the, the most specific language that could right. have been used. It, there was there was a clear miscommunication. But in what universe did Spike Lee think that was the moment the to, like, <laughs> buddy, you've been to this. You know how this award ceremony works. Yes. Like, that's... Also, don't you have rehearsals? Like, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, but as someone pointed out yesterday, at least like it was a winner people were excited about. Because mm. imagine like letting the air out of the balloon if it was some really disappointing winner, and then everyone had to just sit there flag through the day. awards, like waiting for a flag day, um, <laughs> just sitting there having to wait for some inevitable bad winner. So it, at least it was a good winner. But yeah, Spike Lee knows what he's doing. Otherwise, um, that shot is. Amazing. Um, I mean, we talked about it in the general uh, in terms of that movie and like massive amounts of extras mm-hmm. being used yeah. in these old movies. But good Lord, the sheer number of people in like that scene in particular is. Uh, yeah, they're not green screening them the way you they, would now. They're not. Yeah, it's no. not like the shot uh, of what's the recent example of that in. Uh, this is a dumb reference. In Ford versus Ferrari, there's a scene where um, Tracy Letts is like giving a big speech at the Ford factory. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. like, I, just, I remember yeah. like during the awards run up and they were talking about the visual effects and it's like, and the entire thing is like, there were like some people down there and the entire factory was CGI. And like, man, movies, movies are different these days, guys. Just not the same. <laughs> they had no CGI yeah. on this one. Um, during this time, um, probably the most like, melodramatic stuff that happens is after Gettysburg, Ashley comes home for a hot second mm-hmm. and um, continuously Scarlet's all over him, begging them Cannot to take get no married, an answer. you love, but he says no. And then he would kiss her and be like, I love you. And then say, no, I... he's, he's trying to have, have his cake and eat it too. He's, it he's did, trying to, it sucks. 
Yeah, no, he's bad. I, not a fan I of Ashley. I kind of blame yeah. him more than Scarlet. Like, Scarlet's just, mm. like, horny and wants a dude. There's and other he's dudes. Just, like, yeah. <laughs> There's other dudes who are not married to nice, nice ladies, like Melanie. <laughs> but he's the one married. Just be like, I no, I have no, Olivia it's, it's true. to fucking Havilland here. It's true. We should, um, you know, hold the, the married people who cheat responsible and not just the evil other woman oh. temptress. Yeah. Um, but come on, Scarlet. Like, come on. I, I did fail to mention um, that the first time this basically happens is at the party, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. And there's this great part where they had this massive fight, and she throws something, and Ashley walks out of the room, and then Clark Gable just, like, pokes up, like, a little mm-hmm. bunny so rabbit funny. out of a hole, and she goes, is the war started? <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Ugh. Yeah, that's a good moment. Classic. Mm-hmm. Classic stuff. Yeah. But this happens, like five maybe six times throughout the movie where it's like the same conversation the same i want you to marry me the same no Mm -hmm. the same please the same i love you the same kiss the same no that's it Mm -hmm. um yeah that's 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 the whole thing multiple times one of my favorite lines from the movie and we were saying how like ashley would never call her on her bullshit or as ret will the other person in her life who constantly calls her on her bullshit is mammy oh yeah and yeah I love the line when they're where she's considering after um, Charles dies, she's considering going to Atlanta under the guise of staying with Melanie and uh, her aunt Pity Pat, mm-hmm. which okay. um, great name, great aunt, name, Aunt yeah. Pity Pat. Uh, Mammy says uh, she's going to be there waiting for Ashley, just like a spider. <laughs> yeah, and that made both Nellie and I howl yeah, a little after. That's very funny. Ah, no, I mean, Mammy knows exactly what Scarlet is up to at all times throughout yeah. the entire oh, yeah. movie. Like, all the way through to the end. She knows what everyone's knows up what to. She knows what everyone's up to. Yeah. Mammy's the only one with, like, any logic yeah. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is... Well, I don't know. Mel- Melanie's pretty on top of shit. Melanie... I like Melanie. She's very nice. She's a little too nice. She's too nice. Yeah, and, and she's a little oblivious to, like, the literal obvious that's happening. She's either oblivious or she just is letting it happen. Because what shit. else are you going to, what yeah. you, power does she have in this situation, really? Like, right? toward, towards the end of the movie, um, I came to think of her sort of like uh, Winona Ryder's character at the end of Age of Innocence, where, like, she knows what's going on. I was hoping on. you were going to say Winona's writer character in Dracula, but sorry. <laughs> In uh, reality bites, yeah, no, sorry. I, I a huge, huge crush on Winona Ryder in reality bites. She's, is a, is is both a teen and uh, however old uh, she mid thirty year old. Quite cute in that movie. Yes, um, but no, I feel like she knows the score, but she also knows her husband's not really gonna do anything. So yeah, and she would much rather be polite and not cause any harm to scarlet she does like scarlet i mean she loves scarlet and she goes out of her way to defend her um sort of at her own emotional peril assuming that she's not as oblivious as she kind of comes off as being yeah i I think it's there's two elements at play i do think that it is realistic for like a woman at that time to just be like well this is the lot i've been dealt like why cause a stir and make myself more miserable i can't do anything like i'm not you know Mm -hmm. the situation is what it is i'm not gonna go get divorced because that is like a huge deal um and so i guess i just have to deal with this and then i also kind of think it's a little bit in the writing of just like 
she is an angel too pure for this world like she's not quite a person in some ways she just is like this yeah. beatific like uh yeah she's just mm -hmm. sort of an angel who floats through the story to be stoic and wronged and ultimately you know die beautifully dead Spoiler yeah alert. she doesn't really uh, have a character arc at no all. and she just like wastes away she like all i mean i realize that again mortality tied to childbearing and childbirth at that time um big big uh deal but uh as, as depicted in this movie it's just a way to sort of like waste away tragically and beautifully yeah. <laughs> it's just like oh they didn't know how to birth them babies did not know how to birth them babies and just like all of a sudden it's just it's so funny at the end where all of a sudden it's like well oh, she's on her deathbed again and you're like oh, okay here we go <laughs> she's not gonna make it this time <laughs> kind of comes out of nowhere it, it really does it's like I mean, we talked about it, uh, or Nick's very excellent um, letterbox review of this movie. <laughs> that the people die at the people people die at the end of this movie, like it's the end of The Departed. <laughs> like it's just like all of a sudden, <laughs> everybody, boom, dead, dead, dead. Like elevator door like, opens, blah 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 blah. Yes, Kid that. falls off a horse. She falls on the stairs. That oh my god, that but with children born and unborn, the entire Hamilton family, like or Will looks and just wild. Uh, so yeah uh, we're we're Crazy. jumping all over the place but it's kind of hard not to talk about some of these characters without talking about how they end up so yeah yeah um some of the most uncomfortable shit happens also during the war segments though there's a part where uh big sam is in a group of black slaves yeah. that are fighting for the confederacy and they're that like scene is, is... those confederates need our fighting hands ma'am yeah that that's maybe the worst scene in the whole movie i know there's a lot maybe. to choose from but that at least on this particular rewatch i was just like yeah it was it was extremely hard to watch yeah i think they say they'll beat the yankees and i just have yuck written in my notes yeah i have gross, gross written in my gross, notes gross. Yeah. yeah it was yeah I, I also like the line where I think Scarlett's talking to the doctor. She says, I bet you're very generous. And he says, no, I'm just a good confederate is all. Yeah. Oh, no, maybe. I think that's Ashley. But um, but yeah, that is, that is yeah. Fun! Uh, I mean, even, like, at one point, Rhett, I think, describes himself as that. Like, it, it, says, it, it gets said a couple of times where someone's just like, well, I'm a confederate. And you're just like, okay, I know you are. Can you, can you stop reminding yeah. me, please? <laughs> Could you stop owning <laughs> slaves? Yeah, that'd be great. Because they can't hear. Yeah, because Rhett, like, so Rhett. <laughs> yeah, you sound like the boss in Office Space. <laughs> you could stop owning slaves. That, so that'd, that'd be, be cool. that'd, be, that'd be, great. be great. Yeah, if you could work on Saturday, um, it'd be really nice. Um, yeah, because Rhett at this time is like like a smuggler or something, or he's like he's he's yeah, not fighting yeah. in the war. He's a captain, but he's like running stuff in his cart and uh he's running arms yeah he's like he's like the victor laszlo of that's, what I was, that's so that was kind of what i was getting at which is <laughs> like again it's kind of like the coolest sort of position to have in like a war movie um bummer that is for the confederacy would be yeah. much cooler if he was a you know union spy but uh that's I, not this movie. i actually did um think that when he, he has the line to scarlet about how you need to be kissed and hard and by someone who knows how that feels like a bogart line it's a uh, it, it feels like a line from another movie to the point where like i think i thought it was from another movie like it's I, when, I was like yeah. when, when he said it the I, line I, is so famous i'm like that's from i don't have any association with it being from this movie it feels like it should have been in the big sleep right yeah, yeah. 
and, and, and as Roger mentions, you could replace um, the word replace kissed the word kiss with a word that uh, maybe with, they... with anything you Wait, want, what... just whatever comes to mind first. <laughs> what, what word what... did he mean? <laughs> I, I don't know what you, I don't know what you mean by that. Yeah, Roger. if this movie massaged back massage, Roger, you can. Um, this, if this movie, yeah, were made uh, in more modern times, uh, would have maybe been less euphemistic. But um, yeah, it's Naughty. it's a great like it's a great like romantic line by like a great sort of what in that moment is being played as like a swooning romantic hero. Um, but yeah, um, falls apart later. Falls but, quite falls yes. apart later. Um, um, sorry, I got distracted looking back at the essay and seeing Roger's anecdote about how this relates to the horse whisperer. <laughs> Did you guys see that? In the... This was a wild review. So, I'm just, just brief Ebert digression. He quotes, <laughs> he quotes the line, you need kissing badly. That's what's wrong with you. You should be kissed and often and by someone who knows how. For kissed, substitute the words you're thinking of. Dialogue like that reaches something deep and fundamental in most people. It stirs their fantasies about being brought to sexual pleasure despite themselves. Parenthetical aside, know why women love the horse whisperer? I was asked by a woman friend. They figure if that's what he can do with a horse, think what he could do with me. (laughs) Which, what? Is the horse whisperer a different movie than I think it is? I haven't seen it. So I don't know what he does with the horse. I was going to say, I haven't seen it either. What does he do to that horse? (laughs) It raises some (laughs) questions. Um, but you can uh, replace whisperer with any word. <laughs> whisperer with the word you're thinking of. Um, no, so horse whisperer anecdote aside, um, I think he's sort of spot on here, which is like you can be distracted from a lot of the nonsense in this movie by being like, yeah, they had really good chemistry. Like that's you know when they're having these exchanges, you know, it's it's a uh, good chemistry until it all goes a uh, real real sour. Yeah. Um, the finale of the first half-ish, or I'm assuming like where you would put intermission or cut to second VCR. if like <laughs> Switch out your VHS tapes, yeah. Yeah, because, um, you know, Definitely. this is what Nick has to do when he decides not to have a social life. <laughs> Went home and watched um, that second tape. Yeah. Um, why didn't you invite her over, Nick? I don't remember. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> He, he she would have talked the whole time. He, he did what was important, which was had a quiet afternoon watching, watching, watching the this movie half from of the, the 1930s. Uh, yeah, she would have tried so to make cool. out, and I wanted to finish the movie. Come on. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> it would have been better than whatever the second half of that movie, this movie is. Mm-hmm. But um, so the, bur- the, the famous burning of Atlanta scene, um, so much awesome stuff going on. So many great carriage stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of me writing down rear projection, rear projection, uh, Janet, Janet. In my notes. It looks it's so beautiful. It just looks it so beautiful. Yeah. Like, the, yeah, it, it looks fantastic. All the carriage stuff. Yeah. I was into um, it. I love the, but, the note of uh, Rhett having to blindfold the horse. I just think that's yeah. a good moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff here. Um a lot of great um, ret punching people that are just within an arm's distance of him. <laughs> yeah. A um, lot of pulling a baby, a literal newborn baby, in the back of a carriage while a city burns down. Yeah. A um, lot of the color red. There's maybe no more. I. What is the equivalent of having 
Technicolor red and just being like, okay, we're going to do the whole screen Technicolor red. Just red, red, red. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some some good stuff. Some uh, real, the And the final shot of them, like, kissing while Atlanta burns in the background, the whole screen is red except for them doing the makeout is one of the most iconic shots in movie history. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. When, you guys have, like, Kroger stores, like the the Kroger at um, in Albuquerque is called Smith. It's Ralph's here, have, like, but it's Ralph's King Supers. Yeah. I don't know what you guys called, but when I was really little, they used to have um, like a DVD rental section of the store. Yeah, and um, they had like four or five images on the, the plaque, and that was one of them. That was one of them. Yeah, we were, we yeah. were just talking about that off podcast. Oh yeah, about how you, grocery you found, stores. Yeah. My friend found an old uh, coupon for a free uh, VHS rental at some old Sacramento grocery stores. This is a friend of mine, by the way, that moved away from Sacramento when we were fifteen. <laughs> so the fact that she still had this coupon, I was like, wow, you. She had to come have back. A, and visit, have a lot though. of. Um, no, she moved to Europe. Um, so did not come okay, back. Okay, maybe she it. wouldn't come back. But, um, what, did she find it like as a bookmark on a book or something? Or found it in like a memory box. Like she had put it into like a, a scrapbook or something. And I was hmm. like, that is. Uh, I mean, I guess when you move away from your hometown to go yeah. across the world. Um, but yeah, it was just funny seeing. It. And for in Sacramento, it was Rayleigh's and Bel Air um, were the sort of <laughs> grocery stores there. Um, and still had a coupon for one free VHS rental, which um, I think it's too late to uh, to s- turn that in now, unfortunately. Okay, so I want to I want to ask you guys. I have a one word note in my notes mm-hmm. at this moment. Why I do I don't know. It's just the word Nazgul's. Nazgul's. I'm trying to. I know what is Nazgul's that the thing are. that um, Luna Lovegood sees. No, Na- Nazgul's <laughs> close. No, no, no. But I mean, so Nazgul's are the the Lord of the Rings ones, right? They're like oh. No, I remember what it is. I remember what it is. They're hiding under a bridge when um, oh, the it's like Union troops. Hi- okay. I was like, oh, it's, oh, it's like, like the hiding. part in the Nazgul's okay. where they're hiding I, under I was the... Trying it's to not a bridge, but like a tree stump yes. and the Nazgul's like looking... In, in yeah, um, fellowship. I was trying to remember if there was like people in hoods or something uh, walking around. But no, it's that they were hiding sort of... Yeah, that makes sense. That's right. That's right. Um, we we, we, we yeah. talked it out. <laughs> Thank you. Um <laughs> to have the word Nazgul written in the middle of Gone with the Wind is a little weird, but yes. Um, they get to Tara and or Tara. I think pronounce it a couple different ways. I feel like during the movie, I can never. I think fully it's let Tara, go. unless you're Ashley with your uh, British accent. Tara. Yeah. Um, she gets home. Um, her. Uh, father looks decrepit her mom seemingly just died just died uh yeah and it's so yeah and and she's obviously well she's obviously upset because her mom died but like she had been wanting to go back to tara for so long and then couldn't and melanie and the baby and there were all these delays and then of course she makes it back just just too late to uh after her mom has died of but it'll ty- typhoid or something? Typhoid, yep. Yeah. yeah, it's typhoid. And the, um, the mom, uh, we didn't get to know her very well, but got to say, she sucked. Don't miss her. <laughs> yeah, agree. <laughs> the, the one interaction um, we had with her was her berating a man who uh, just yeah. uh, illegitimately fathered a stillborn child. Um, so Mrs. O'Hara, like, 
RIP, not really. Sorry. Yeah, not, not, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, of course, the very famous part where it's like, there's no, like, the whole te- house and crops are burned, and she, like, mm-hmm. goes out onto the hill, and she so digs up, like, a wee baby carrot um, out of the ground, and it's just like, as God is my witness, I will never go hungry again. She, How she long does was she famously drafted? say that. Would she, she missed one meal that we saw? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was, she yeah. was hungry one. She doesn't mean hungry like starving. She means the, just like the feeling of hunger. So I, have, have you guys ever seen Dairy Girls? No. No. I've, oh, I saw dude, them on uh, I saw them on the Great British uh, Great Bake British Bake Off. Bake Off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What like one of the funniest television show episodes is um, them on the Great British Bake Off, especially because they're exactly their characters in the show, except for the nun, who's like this cold asshole, and in the show she was like. She's like actually like a really joyful, hilarious person. Anyway, um, I can't find my Dairy Girls references. Here. <laughs> oh, sorry. Some about um, them being hungry. But no, I mean, so I keep. Yeah, basically, one character decides to like um, go without food for twenty four hours to like raise money for like starving uh, kids sure. in like Somalia, and um, <laughs> she can only make it through like lunch. <laughs> Yeah. she's like i feel starving <laughs> they wanted to, like you just maybe missed lunch yeah, and that's one, it. one meal yeah um i i keep going back to the roger essay but it's literally in his very beginning at the intro where he says that in this movie the war was fought not so much to defeat the confederacy and free the slaves as to give miss scarlett o'hara her comeuppance and like mm-hmm. it really just it's a series of her being essentially mildly inconvenienced and just like <laughs> like freaking out due to what is i mean again i that carriage rides through the burning city that didn't seem fun that was tough tough stuff um but a lot of it is like okay you are you are just you've never been inconvenienced in your life which is kind of the point like the whole i mean the the whole next section of the movie if you want to be charitable which i don't think there's anything um (laughs) any reason to me after after i'll never go hungry again it's not it's not a very good movie yeah the last half so there's a reading of it um, that I don't think the movie is tr- like doing purposely, but they're all struggling on the farm and they're saying that they're hungry and the women actually have to work and she's getting calluses on her hands and they don't have like they're getting taxed. And the reason that they're no longer incredibly wealthy is because they don't have slaves. Right. So you do see that like their um, whole economic and social right. system was built upon yep. the Free backs labor. of yeah the backs of slaves which the movie does a, an interesting job of showing but i don't think it ever really grapples with what that well, means it's unclear no, if we're no, supposed it doesn't, to feel it, it, bad for them or not right? right like that's the question are we supposed to feel bad that they they now have she to finally struggle has to work because yeah. they don't have slaves yeah. anymore like that's i mean and, and i think like i said I, some of it I think there's a, a light satirical edge. I think we are supposed to think Scarlet's pretty pathetic. Um, mm. But I think we're also supposed to sort of feel bad for them. And that's yeah, where no, it's like, that's where it's like, okay, I, I can't. You <laughs> I can't feel bad for you. For you, could, you could see somebody remaking this now um, with like, I guess, just a better sense of the... Mm-hmm. social and political realities right. and sort of portraying and doing a, and doing a good job of it where, where we actually see them having to work and and you think rightly like well good 
Yeah. This is, yeah. <laughs> can, can we get Paul Verhaven to Starship Troopers <laughs> this, this bitch? Yeah, pretty, exactly. Like, you could totally do a, a Starship Troopers style Mm-hmm. Where you like directly adapt a book, but like the presentation's like makes it clear. Yeah, but fuck these but people. Fuck yeah. all these people. Fuck them. This is this is fascism. This is racism. This is yeah, like mm-hmm. that'd be fascinating. Um, he could do so, it. He's finished his most recent movie, the the, the non fucking movie. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, go go for gold. Yeah, man. lesbian nuns are finally. He's been working on the movie for years. Um, I remember <laughs> them being like promo forward at Cannes like four years ago. Um. Anyway, now his time's free. Let's someone send him a copy of Gone with the Wind. See what he can do. Paul Verhoeven's uh, Gone with the Wind. Would watch. Would watch. I, would I would so watch that shit. Absolutely watch that. God. I don't know um, who's going to finance it, but, you know, there's there's people out there. I'll finance it. I'll sell a, <laughs> we'll I'll sell we'll a kidney to finance it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like Decalogue 10, but us trying to get Paul Verhoeven's Gone with the Wind up, off the ground. Um... But Nick, bringing up like the, um, it's like so close to getting the point that like everyone survived specifically by exploiting like black labor. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another point that it's like you're so close to being based, but you never actually get the point. Right. Is like there's so many parts where there's like Union and Yankee people that are like um, conniving and mean and shit and like lying. And but there's this one. <laughs> dude who is like these like um black people around him and he's like um how about 40 acres and a mule you like that we your friends and then it's like yeah yeah no that was a real shitty like behind the back thing that like ruined people trying to get out of like slavery Mm. but it's like yeah the yankees are bad in the way it's presented it's just like you're so close yeah so like getting the point. Well, but the no. next time we see a Yankee, and I feel like the movie doesn't really grapple with. Uh, no, no, it doesn't. This pretty monumental thing that happens. Scarlet mm. shoots him in the face. And point. I was like, did Code allow this? Because there is a blood splatter. Mm-hmm. He like tumbles down the stairs, like blood covering his entire face, and it's like rolling onto the floor next to him. So, there are. Obviously, um, like a lot of modern movies that grapple more with sort of the end of war, post-war South. And, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 actual danger that was, you know, certain civilians were under, like, um, he's a Union soldier in the Beguiled, right? Colin Farrell's character? Yeah, again, it's, I haven't seen it. Okay. I haven't seen it either. I, oh, my God, you guys. Okay. Um, it's the only sofa I haven't seen. But there is a, well, you should need to see it. Um, there's a, a movie I really liked, a really tiny movie from a few years ago called The Keeping Room, um, which is by Julia Hart, who um, last year made uh, my my beloved I'm I'm Your Woman. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's, and it's called The Keeping Room, and it's about three, there might be sisters or just, like, women in the South who basically get our left the only survivors and then are kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like a home invasion siege movie and kind of a rape revenge movie um it's really interesting but anyway long way of saying there's a nuanced way to portray sort of the dynamic of like conquering forces and conquered and women and men and and uh this movie's not doing that <laughs> no, no 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 this movie there's a union soldier that scarlet shoots him in the face <laughs> like i'm sure union soldiers were like rapist murderers of course assholes because like that's what war they is were dudes but in a war yeah but this this movie at, is not grappling time, with what that means <laughs> you, you did, oh. it's the one i know it's and it's also yeah it's not in any sort of context 
They don't even both sides it. They like one sides this whole thing. <laughs> and it's just like, great. <laughs> so great. Exactly. It's not a both sidesing. It's a one sidesing. Do, do you remember the part where they're showing like all these like black people watch walk through the set and they're like super rich and they have cigars and Scarlet looks at them like, oh no, civilization is done for. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, by golly, yeah. what if a black person had some money? That is another dark moment indeed. Yeah, no, the... it's not a... Okay, I have right. a page and a half of notes on the first half of this movie. I have six notes on the second half of this movie. So I don't I don't know how much I even have to talk about this. So yeah. there's taxing, there's... Uh, she gets married, and then the dude immediately dies. She gets married by, like, tricking a dude into marrying her basically yep. um, her sisters out of uh, yeah out of like oh yeah. before, before that Poor one Sue scene Ellen. one scene where i really like uh scarlet okay. i think what vivian lee is doing is so funny in the scene where she goes to visit Rhett in prison oh yeah oh great scene great scene yeah. and she's trying to uh first she poses as a sister yes gotta do what you gotta do and then she's she's basically saying she, she's offering herself yeah. to Rhett for money. Um, mm -hmm. But the way she does it, and she, like, acts very, um, like, feeling bad for him. And just, like, her her feigning actually caring for him, I think, is hilarious. And she she does, like, this look back at him to see how he's reacting. I think that's, right. all, very, mm -hmm. I think yeah. that's all very good. Her her performance I think is is truly like fantastic throughout. My my problems as I, my problems as always are just with my inability to deal with Scarlett O'Hara. It's nothing. I I think I think she's perfectly cast. Um, I yeah, think she's cast. It's, it's also one of those situations where it's just such an iconic portrayal that like what she looks like Scarlett O'Hara. Scarlett O'Hara looks like her. Like there's mm -hmm. no my brain cannot process Scarlett O'Hara looking like anything else. Um, but yeah, she has great comedic timing throughout this movie, truly, um, whether or not we're supposed to be sort of laughing at her or with her or what have you, but, uh, just great, great little looks, great comedic timing throughout. I think the movie could have used more of that because mm -hmm. for, I mean, up until that movie, she hasn't, or that part of the movie, she hasn't done anything for me to actually care about her. Like it's the the yep. first moment of levity that mm -hmm. she's shown. I re I really enjoyed that. And then she sort of does it again later with um Ashley in a a way that's a little bit colder and more kind of coarse because she's doing it to she lies to Melanie who overhears her crying basically to mm -hmm. get Ashley to start her lumber business with her and uh, her new husband whose name I don't even remember. Frank. 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 Yeah, Kennedy. I had to look it up too. I could not remember his name at all. For some reason, his death scene was like one of the few things that like I distinctly remembered from the movie, having seen it ten to fifteen oh, years funny. ago. Just like them coming in and being like, "Yo, he's dead," and uh, Scarlett being like, hmm. "All right, uh, on to the next one. <laughs> Figure out Plan yep. C over here." Because it's working so great and making Ashley so jealous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a great part. I don't remember what it is, but they say, like, at post-war, they're like, someone comes in and is like, Ashley's going to be coming home. And Olivia de Havilland goes, Ashley's coming home. And it cuts to Vivian Lane. She goes, 
yes, Ashley will be coming. <laughs> that is a good moment. That part that... made me laugh out loud. That was fucking great. That was like a triumph of editing because it is. It's the way they just cut to her and her her like face is like the scheming has already started. Just the yes, Ashley's coming home. You're like, oh, Scarlet. Like a spider. <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. Ugh, God. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You're like, what else is the... I mean, so a lot of stuff happened in this second half, sort of. Actually, kind of reminded me of The Godfather. Like, the first half is, like, a year, and then the second half oh, is, like, that, ten years. I made that note, too. Like, I kept... It goes I so kept damn quick. To Matt and I was like, wait, how big is that kid? Like, what? How that kid is growing! Yeah. No, the, it's, it's truly, the first half is, like, a year... And the second half is five years, ten years. Like it's a lot. Um, yeah. That kid is like Robin Williams Jack. It's like just oh, as easy a way to describe what is going on in the second. Speaking half. of Francis Ford Coppola movies, I was gonna say, wow, two two very divergent Coppola references. <laughs> it's both like The Godfather <laughs> and Jack. Uh, who knew? Like the best movie of all time and the worst movie of all so, time. The Godfather is not the worst movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, have you guys seen Jack, the movie? I, not yeah. since it came okay. out. Okay, but we've, the fact that we've all three seen Jack, is just I think that's very funny. Uh, horrifying. Oh, I, I insisted on seeing it in the theater. I, I made my, I like did extra chores to convince my mom to take me to the movie theater to see Jack. I was very excited about that movie. I, I saw Jack when Robin Williams died. Oh, and I tried to like rude. Sort of, <laughs> <laughs> I did tried you watch to, like, Patch Adams like, too? And then so I, like, some, I did some watch of, Patch some Adams. Of us and then watched, tweet uh, mean things Aladdin about his memory. And some of us watched Aladdin in the Birdcage, but Dylan's like, no, I'm going no, hard. I, I, I think I also watched both of those again at that time. I just tried to like go through like all his movies, and it turns out I don't think Robin Williams was in very many good movies. There's he. I I would say he. He made very many good movies, but he made maybe the same number of bad movies. <laughs> Not good movies. <laughs> yeah, like, that's probably And some of the bad ones are. But I, w- I was just continually surprised that, like, here is, like, a Benjamin Button directed by Francis oh, Ford Coppola star, sorry, Robin Williams, like, interesting premise, high concept. And then he's going to like, flirt with Jennifer this Lopez. Is yeah. The worst movie ever. The ending of that movie is hilarious doesn't he go to like his graduation and And he's like an elderly man (laughs) it's so funny i mean i at the time at the time i i was what 10 i guess when that came out or something 10 12 um i um i saw it with the same friend that i saw orca with um watched a lot of strange movies (laughs) with my poor friends when i was a kid um i remember being just just confused <laughs> like at the end of that movie being like so this is what this is about okay all right i have to say and granted it's probably been over two decades since i've seen either of these but at least in my memory jack still better than patch adams i don't think i've seen patch adams i think i was warned off patch of that adams one. has philip seymour hoffman in it, oh, it i know what i said what's what's the one where he's the robot uh oh, bicentennial man bicentennial yeah. man yeah I, I don't think I saw that one. I that didn't time, see that one either. That that has a very bad poster and trailers. Um, no, he just, he did. He made many terrible movies, um, but some of the good ones are real, real good. Um, it's just that if you're going to try to, like, I, I wouldn't, he's not an actor I would recommend doing a completist run through um, yeah. for that, yeah, that no. very reason. The lows are just I think I stopped low. at some point because I was just like, I'm not going to Did you watch, have you anymore. seen Good Morning Vietnam? Yeah, okay. um, well, not a huge fan. It's okay. Yeah, I was gonna say, I, I li- I, Which actually, actually, 
a lot of the movies that Robin Williams is in that people really love, I'm you always kind of just like, like yeah, uh, Dead Poets yeah, Society, Aladdin, Good Will Hunting. Good Will Hunting. You don't like Aladdin? Um, Hold on, what? It's not <laughs> not all these movies I dislike, but I'm not crazy gotcha. about any of them. Okay. Um, but quite often he's like the only real standout in that. Movie, that in those that's movies kind of me. how he was used for so long, which was like take a sort of paint what could be a paint by numbers blah movie and like throw his dynamic performance into it um and whether it's on the dramatic or comedic exactly yeah i so i think that's a lot of so i I think he gives a lot of fun performances in movies that range from fine to bad um and it's it's how much his performance can like elevate it sure so i think we're going to talk more about rob Williams (laughs) career and and jack more than we're going to talk about any I fucking think, thing I in the second half. I think we're just running movie. out of steam. Um, no. Much like and, this and, movie and, runs out of steam I until it gets real first, gnarly at the end. I watched the first two and a half hours, I think, in two sittings, and I think I watched the last hour and a half in five sittings. So for five all my, sittings. So for all, just like I'm, it's like I'm watching. I'm like, ugh, I should go pick up apples in my front yard because that feels a little bit more interesting now and then I would come back it's like uh, I'll go clean the bathroom so for all my talk about how I was going to watch this in like 30 minute chunks I did watch it in two sittings I watched like the first like hour and then I watched the rest of it but I did have the advantage of having seen it a bunch of times so like I could be folding laundry for the parts that were boring um, yeah. you know and sort of listening so that I wouldn't miss the good parts or interesting parts let's say um because yeah, this final section, um, it it gets pretty gnarly. Not that the rest of the movie isn't, but like once, um, you know, Rhett and Scarlet get decide to get married um, and have their baby, and then Scarlet, of course, is like, "Oh no, having a baby ruined my figure, so I'm gonna stop having sex so with my handsome husband and yet continue to pine for." motherfucking Ashley, like, throughout, like, <laughs> truly, like, I think that's where, like, this whole final section, you're like, how are, you guys have been through so much, how are we still at square one in terms of, like, Scarlet's fixations, um, is where I started to get pretty frustrated, and, like, she's not... To be fair, he starts being a drunken alcoholic No, he, I was gonna say, yeah, everyone... Yeah, he, he gets there. Everybody, yeah. um, really starts engaging in some destructive behavior, um, Scarlet, like, openly sort of, like, her and Ashley, like, not really carousing, but, like, at least are canoodling enough to be, um, seen by, what, it's Ashley's sister who sees them? It's, uh, and, like, or is it, I thought it was one of her sisters. It's, I think it's no. Melanie's sister. I think it's yeah. Melanie's Yeah, it's Melanie's sister. sister. It's not one of Scarlet's. So, yeah, yeah. Um. Look, who cares? Well, but then we get the... It's truly awful behavior, but I thought a fairly compelling sequence when Rhett makes Scarlet go to the party, um, mm-hmm. makes her put on her flashy dress and go and to Melanie and Ashley's house, and is like, "Off you go!" and like sort of like shuts her in the party, like in a in a truly cruel bid to humiliate her because he feels humiliated by her infidelity. And this is when we have Angel Melanie. You know, mm-hmm. who is like, welcome to my home, my friend Scarlet. You look beautiful. And you're just like, oh, man, this is all. This is That's all That's maybe tough. one of Vivian's best scenes, though. No, she's fantastic her... in it. Yeah, she's great. I, I, um, I, I really like that sequence. I find it all, like, I think the performances are super good. And I find it 
fascinating from a character standpoint. It's just sure. it's a bunch of bad how, people hurting people. Yeah. No. How do you feel about any scene included that has included in it Bonnie the child? I mean, you know, she's, she's fine. She's a I'm kid. I'm fine with Bonnie the child. I don't have... I, I'm not saying anything against, like, the child actress, but, like, every scene that they were like, let's cut to the kid, I was like, this is the most boring thing I maybe ever see. <laughs> also, well, she got hers, Dylan. Yeah, so. yeah joke, joke's on her. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan's like, fist bumping. It's like, yeah. <laughs> So, um, so did we? I don't think we. I, I don't want her to die or anything. Well, just get out of the fucking movie. Just to be uh, mangled. You well, you wanted her to live, but until, be a paraplegic until her death. She is also just like used as like a a like a chess piece between. She, you she's, know, she's, her parents. They say that she's sort of like a surrogate for um, Rhett since Scarlet doesn't pay him any attention. This is where he's going to funnel all his love and attention to. So that's to, what I was going to say. I was like, why do we think Rhett um, is so sort of obsessed with, like, no, she's staying with me? I know he just tells Scarlett she's, like, a terrible mother. Um, but that does make sense that it's like, well, she will pay attention to him and show him affection. And Scarlett mm-hmm. won't do those things. So, yeah. This, this whole part plus the death off the horse is um, some real Barry Lyndon vibes. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. See, Did you ever see that yet? No, I haven't seen it yet, but I am familiar with the movie Barry Lyndon. Yeah. Here's here's what bothers me about um, this movie and sort of this whole like next twenty minute sequence is that one we've already seen one of Scarlet family members dying from a horse jumping over a fence. And then Which I'm guessing a, is supposed to be thematic, right? Like that's supposed yeah. to be like this sort of thing that's haunting her, I guess. But yeah. yep. we have it again, and it's like, come on. And that one is also sandwiched in between, like we've alluded to, her having a miscarriage, oh, yeah. and Mel and pregnant Melanie dying within yeah. about. 20 minutes if that because melanie comes to care for her because apparently like apparently, during yeah during, like it seems like that the, her miscarriage like she poses a grave threat to her health and she's doing very poorly and so yeah melanie comes to see her and then immediately turns around and yeah, also it's like is murdered by child right now is the child is hurt clark abel is like barely hanging on to life well, we so, scarlet just had a miscarriage Melanie comes in, and she's the one to fucking And also, also alluded to, but the whole, so we mentioned, the, whole, the reason the miscarriage is even able to happen is that, you know, they hadn't been oh, sharing, yeah, didn't. they hadn't been sharing a bed, mm-hmm. um, and then they get into a fight, and, um, Over Ashley. It's, over it's actually, Ashley, it's, isn't it when they come home from, the, when she comes it, home she from comes the party? She comes home from the party, he's drunk yep. as hell, they get into, like, this huge fight, which culminates in him being like, well, I'll show you, and, um carrying her off to the bedroom um and apparently forcibly forcibly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. not not romantically literally. and then it's the scene and so and basically hence hence why wikipedia has a section on um depiction <laughs> yeah. of marital rape um and, and essentially raping her and and then it cuts the to... next the next morning and so like what here's, the fuck? What's, here's what's sort of like if this were a movie that was made now this could be really fascinating to explore this is not the movie to explore any of this at all um like really faux apologizing right but gaslighting sort of bullshit yeah yeah because then it sort of cuts to her and like 
seemingly happy is what we're sort of like dancing around is she sort of like she looks pretty pleased yeah, she's like singing which she's like satisfied she had her. like a good night and then basically he comes in to sort of apologize and that's when she gets defensive and then he says we're, we should divorce and like mm-hmm. it's just none of it it's tracks not good yeah um and he's in oh it's just Boring. And his yeah, and his apology. Um, I don't find it boring. I find it like, like uh, it's like a car crash you can't look away from. Kind of like it's <laughs> no. I mean, I, I find because I keep wanting to say compelling, and that that has a more positive connotation than I mean it to. But yeah, I am, sure. I am somewhat fascinated by what all happens in this final sequence. None of it's good, mm-hmm. um, but no. I didn't find it boring. I just was sort of like, I was basically fascinated by it. Um, yeah, but so she, he says, and that's when he says, I'm leaving. I'm taking uh, Bonnie. He goes away for a long time. Then he comes back. Then she says, I'm pregnant. Then they get into a fight where he d- doesn't quite throw her down the stairs, but like he's grabbing for her and she lunges and then she. I, takes, yeah, I think he goes to. He like I goes to grab her and she tries and she, to get out of the way yeah, and she and falls on the <laughs> stairs. Like, I, I will say, I, I fully on this watch laughed out loud when she fell down the stairs and the only time I laughed harder is when the kid got thrown from the horse. Oh, no. <laughs> Just because it's so absurd. And like you I know it's coming. I you know, so it's right. not like the shock of it's over. You're just like you're waiting for it to happen and then it's just like Meh. um and it's just yeah, I just both both sequences this time in the finale. Um yeah. And and then everyone gets off to like it's the end of the departed. And <laughs> that's basically yeah. Where we, uh, where we went and end up, poor. Uh, a, oh. a rat walks past Melanie's uh, I, banister. Yeah, and... ex- exactly, a little, a little rat scurries down the staircase behind her. <sighs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you don't have any yeah. more thoughts on the? Um, oh, this is the. I guess we should say the final. The sort final of scene is like one of the most iconic scenes, right? And, and it happens basically because. Um, Melanie dies, and it's very sad. She was too pure for this world. Um, Ashley is very sad because he doesn't know how he's going to live his life. And so Scarlett uh, just gets very into comforting Ashley, and that's kind of the final, final straw for uh, Rhett and Mm -hmm. Scarlett at this point. And we get our iconic um, ending of the movie. But, but like, she, she comes to realize that she didn't, yeah. Love Ashley. She just The whatever. fact it ends like that. The, no, the, the ending is wild. And are we so my question is, are we supposed to believe her in this final sequence? Are we just supposed to think I that think she so, doesn't know? I think so because I think it's supposed to be like her char- like this is her arc. Yeah, I think but it all happens in the final 5 minutes of a 4 hour long yeah. movie. Yeah, because she comes, she basically, mm-hmm. after this, when Red is like, I am out of here, and she's like, no, it's been you all along. Mm-hmm. I truly love you. I never really loved him. Um, and he says, uh, where shall I go? What is it? What is it that he says? <laughs> what shall I do? <laughs> um, he, he, he tells her. Uh, he drops yeah. a swear. He, he does. He drops a swear. Um, he does a swear. I'm sorry. He does. Uh, so... Matt and I were talking about this as one of those movie lines that gets slightly bastardized because mm. out of, con- you know, for context reasons, because it's, uh, I think a lot of people think it's frankly Scarlet, I don't give a damn, but it's frankly, frankly my, dear, my dear, I don't give a damn. Kind of like a Luke, I am your father as opposed to no, I am your father, because, you know, 
you gotta you gotta name drop a character for mm-hmm. for context there. Um, mm-hmm. But he tells her he doesn't give a damn and walks off. Um, I mean, it's a great shot with like the, the fog. I was gonna and say him, it's a great shadow putting. It's a great on. moment. I think it's well played and delivered. And yeah, it's a beautiful shot Cue that of him. Score. And it's a pu- beautiful shot of him walking off into the fog and putting the hat on. Like, and. In my memory, even though I know the ending of this movie, like, has another famous, we have one more famous line to go before the movie's even over. Um, but, like, I feel like that should be the end of the movie. It's not yep. because it's Scarlet's story, but that would be mm-hmm. a better ending for Scarlet. would be, like, you lost everything. Like, that's yep. it. But, no, Scarlet has to have her, like, somewhat redemption. And this is why I think it's, like, it would, we're supposed to believe it because he is gone that's and she's true. still, She's like, monologuing about how she's going to get him back and she still loves she, him. She's... It goes on for a while. She starts like pl- like making plans almost. Yeah. yeah, she sort of monologues about her whole plan and how she's going to get everything set up and running again and then she will go get him back mm-hmm. um and well, she hears is another day. Yeah, she hears like in her head her dad Ashley. Okay. I forgot that we got a little, a little auditory montage of all the people in her life. Yeah. It, it and, was like a, the end of the la- of the um, What's the worst Star Wars oh, movie yeah. that just came out? <laughs> it's at oh, the, the end of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker where she hears Rise all the Skywalker. Other Jedi. Rise of Skywalker. It's like the end of Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> well, yeah, Dylan, exactly. you may not you may not get this reference, but when they keep repeating, the, it's like uh, the dad says it, then Ashley, then Red, then the dad, and they're saying the same thing over and over again. <laughs> I just shouted, "Dental plan." Ah, <laughs> it's a Simpsons reference. It's a Simpsons Dylan. reference. Lisa needs braces. Better than my now Dental goofy, plan. my goofy pop culture reference, which is when she said tomorrow is another day. Um, these days, I associate sort of that cadence with. Um, the, have either of you seen the the musical The Book of Mormon? Yeah. Okay, but you know tomorrow oh, is yeah. Latter Day, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so which is sort of a riff on that, but you know Latter Day Saints, and so literally I should have I got tomorrow is a Latter Day stuck in my head, and I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. I just thought about Chaplin quoting it to try to get the rich guy to not commit suicide sure yes it's like i just my final note is just chaplin did it better <laughs> shut up it's iconic um but yeah i do probably ice cold take think it would maybe be better if the movie just ended on Rhett walking yeah, away i haven't heard that one before yeah so yeah but it's it's correct yeah tomorrow is another day number 31 in the afi top quotes oh yeah and how many do we got i'm a- frankly my dear is it number one it's a good yeah, it's, my dear's one. Yeah. you know and then uh as god is my witness i'll never be hungry again is 59 so it's got three on okay there. yeah those are the three i don't think there's anything else that like really jumps out um but yeah yeah number two uh cool. last week uh i'm oh. gonna make him off or he can't refuse hey Which none of us picked well in our um we had to uh we had to we spread had our to... wings a little exactly um, oh, quick, quick moment to shout out um, Belle Watling in this movie, a fun character who I yeah. always forget oh, yeah. about. We didn't talk about her at all. Uh, we didn't talk about her at all. Um, Ona Munson is the actress and like she's she's this is not like, she's the best female character in the movie, which isn't mm-hmm. like saying a ton. Um, and again, no shade on the other actresses. I just mean she gets to just sort of the be character like a, Yeah, she's itself, just like a yeah. fun lady who like knows what's up and, you know, can poke fun at everybody and have a good time. And she gets a, a couple great moments. The scene of her um, and Melanie after she kind of, like, saves 
Ashley's ass by mm-hmm. claiming that he was there when actually he was getting shot oh, murdering yeah. Yankees. Yeah. Um, and she's like, oh, you don't have to, like, if we, if you see me in public, don't even acknowledge me it could, yeah. because it'll, it'll be tough for it'll you. And you. of course, Melanie's like, no, like I'm indebted to you forever. So it's a nice moment between the two, but her, her last scene with Rhett, when he walks away and she just has oh, a little tear in yeah. her eye yeah. and, you, and it's, it does such a good job of like, she's been in love with Rhett, right? Is yeah. that is that yeah. where we're supposed to yeah. go? That's I how I took it. With like... They had a real friendship, and she was at least a little in love with him. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's, it's very the same thing, though. It's like Rhett. I, I, well, you like Scarlet, whatever. But there's this like other beautiful person that obviously is much better for she's you. A, yeah. She's a madam. There was not a you know social social standing and what have you. Because um, I also do like when. Um, uh, I'm gonna say her name wrong. The 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 younger slave who helps with the birthing the baby is it Prissy? She's a Prissy. tough performance. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do like the 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 part that I really like in that sequence is when they're yelling up the window to to Belle Watling's house and was like, you know, we'll come up here, and she was <laughs> like, absolutely, my mom. I'm yeah, not gonna obviously no. say it like she says it, but she's like, I am not allowed to set foot in your house. Like that's not happening. Yeah. Um, and that's a funny moment. Um, but yeah, I, I do want to clarify though that like I don't think it's a rough performance because like oh no no the no, no. Of did a bad because job, of how, it's how just, the like, character is the most racist performance. It's like I was gonna say I was I was not going to even attempt to the, quote to a that. line yeah. like yeah. good lord. Um, yeah, no, the actress is is good and she's funny. Um, and like yeah, but it's you know it is is what it is and was quite uh, controversial even at the time. Um, yep. So. Yeah, that is the other thing that I, I think everyone knows that we didn't really talk about, which um, and Nick and I watched this on HBO Max, which has those really good um, sort of context providing intros where they have like an academic sort of explain, hey, this movie is important. It's an achievement, but you need to understand like, yes, there are elements of it that are, you know, problematic as a too light of a word for it, but also really putting in context that it's not some situation of, well, with a modern lens, like, no, it was controversial as hell yeah, at the was, time. The, it was protested the at ones. the time. Like, it's yeah. not like this was just the way things were. Like, no, they they made choices that at the time people said, don't do this, and they did it anyway. Yeah. So, worth um, noting. All right. Well, I don't know if we've ever done a podcast on a movie in which we did less than half the length of a movie on, but if one movie deserved it. Oh, my, my only other note that I shared with you guys is that um, it made me laugh that when she wears the green curtain dress, her hat makes her look like Peter Pan. And oh, I thought yeah. that was funny on this watch. It's like a little, like, it, she looks yep. like Peter Pan. Um, <sighs> anyway, that, that's my final note on, on the movie that I had written down. All right. Um, this has got to be one of the hardest choices I've had to do as far as thumbs, but uh, what do you guys think? Up, down. Who's going first? Uh, who wants to go first? I'll, I'll give it a thumbs up. I'm still. I'll give, give it a, a thumbs th- up. I was going to give it a thumbs up too. Um, <clears throat> you know, not as any sort of moral judgment, um, obviously. Sure. But I, like, I, I'm not out here saying it is a poorly made movie. Um, okay. it's enough of a, it's enough and, of an a, achievement of what it is to be a thumbs up for me. We didn't talk about the visuals a ton, but this movie is it's just, gorgeous. It's, it's beautiful. It's you can't beautiful. even really it's describe it. Yeah. You can't even really describe it and, and, and do it justice. Like it's, it's just a phenomenal looking movie. Um, 
I don't want to. So I was gonna kind of, if someone did a thumbs down, I was gonna go up. Oh, you didn't. But you didn't want it. You guys you'd... both went up. We've given you I don't, cover I just don't to go to... down. I don't want it to be all straight, so I'll go. I'll go down, and the reasoning is is uh, obviously the racism, but also the fact that the second half is just bad. That's fair. Um, but a lot of great moments, but uh, even as setting aside the really really problematic aspects of it, it kind of falls always, apart. Always a bad sign when you have to be like setting aside the racism for a moment. Yeah, <laughs> like, and the marital given... rape. Yeah, exactly. And the marital rape. Yeah, it's it's bad stuff. Um, like I said, for whatever reason, I I find the the strangeness of that second half like interesting to watch play out. But it is, it's strange. the the whole The whole way the this the pacing plays out is very bizarre. Yeah. Um. All right. Rating out of four. I think we might all be the same though. Let's see. So, Nick? so I'm kind of torn. I gave it three and a half on Letterboxd, mm-hmm. um, which, which equates oh, okay. to a 2.8, um, which puts me sort of in between two, two and, and a half, half to three. three. It does. Um, kind of wish I wouldn't have volunteered to go first. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go first. I'm going to give it a two, two and a half. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say I'm going to go three because okay. it technically would, would be closer to three than two and a half. So. All right, and and this time I guess I will sort of split the difference, and I, I'll, I'll yeah, go two. Right? I know I'll That's... go two and a half, but it's it was extremely okay. it, it's kind of a flip for me. It's it's sort of right yeah, in yeah. that zone where it's like, you know, this is not some sort of like one star what a disaster. Um, yeah, like when, when we get to Birth of a Nation, it's like right. there, yeah, there's we can really be out there God, being when like... we get to Birth of a Nation. Um, but yeah. Yeah, two and a half, but like a, a like Nick said, a high two and a half, like yeah, more, yeah. much closer to a three than not. Um, and I, I think what I messaged you guys this morning kind of sums it up is like, it's a huge achievement, yeah. and like that's yeah. the biggest accomplishment. That, that's the biggest compliment I could give it. I'm not sure structurally it works as well as a film, and my God, I, does it age? And I, I, even for like the era, I'm all gross. for an epic, like truly, but um. Good lord! Like it's not. I, I yeah, think this could have been watched, trimmed a little. I watched Sutton Tango last year, and this felt a bit longer than that movie. Yeah. And that's a problem. I would say that's a problem. For as good as yeah. Sutton Tango is, like you should not feel like you're a longer movie than Sutton no. Tango. Nope. Um, after that movie. Movie. <sighs> <sighs> Oh, too, too oh, wait, bad. Uh, well, too I bad. think we all kind of like implicitly read we went and drafted so because we didn't want to make Jim. I was saying too bad it. that I'm yeah, never going to yeah, watch no, that I... movie, guys. Um, this, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. You never say never, but yeesh. Um, all right. <laughs> I want to do like an, a fill-in week with Jenna and then like just tell her we're watching yeah, but, uh, <laughs> Surprise. You all have right. to watch Satan Tiger Oh, no. Tonight. My internet went out. Um, <laughs> All right. Do we want? Do we want to? Do we have time for a rundown? It's been a while since we've done a, a recently watched rundown. Yeah, I have a I have a ton of fun stuff to talk about. Yeah, I can so do I... a real quick one. I gotta go kind of yeah. soon, but um, I'll just do my last week. Um, so I watched Pick Up on South Street, which has a new Criterion release. Operation Condor, yeah. the Jackie Chan movie. Fireworks, the Takeshi Kitano movie, which I absolutely loved. Um, polyester which was my first john waters movie and it comes with oh wow a, uh, what do you think did you get a scratch and sniff yeah you, it comes with a scratch and sniff card it's kind of gross um yep <laughs> i watched 
the horse thief which uh martin scorsese famously once called the best movie of the 90s even though it came out in 1986 (laughs) which uh which rules that was on uh, ebert's show actually and then last night i watched the stranger which is a visconti uh adaptation because i just read the book maybe a month ago or reread the book a month ago um starring marcello mastriani and um Anna Karina and I didn't love it. I don't think it really. I don't want to be the. You're, um, you're sitting down reading Camus for fun. It's only a hundred pages long. No, it's very short. Yeah. It's yeah. very short. I just haven't read it since high school or to college. Be fair, maybe. I've, I've heard, like scrolling through Visconti, that's like the only one where I see like genuine negative reactions, pretty universally. Yeah, and I don't want to be like the book is better than the movie guy because I am very much not that guy. But I think it doesn't do a good job of like hitting the tone that the sure. book and that story need to pull off the existential dread. You just never really feel any existential dread from um, Mastriani the way you do in something like uh, Eight and a Half or, or Little Chivita. So I didn't love it. And then uh, I do have to uh, encourage everyone to watch. I think you should leave season two with uh, okay. great supporting performances in it by Paul Walter Hauser and, of course, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's Julia Butters. Breakout star Julia Butters. Yes. Heard it's fun. Yeah, I got to do that. Jana. All right. So, yeah, it's been so long, and I, like, I'm not going to go through my rewatches because no one has time for that. But I have seen, since the last time we talked, six new 2021 releases. So I'm going to run those down. Um, Saw the Sparks Brothers documentary, the Edgar Wright movie about the band Sparks, um, which was a real fun watch. Didn't know a darn thing about Sparks. Had maybe heard one of their songs one time. Um, But it is a fascinating documentary about just musicians and family and um, the industry and all that. Highly recommend. It's on VOD now. Um, then went and saw Zola. Um, very anticipated movie. Um, very which was um, a blast. It was real fun. It was pretty much exactly what I was expecting in a good way. Um, Riley Keough is just amazing. I mean, Taylor Page, Coleman Domingo, er, er, Nicholas Braun, the, the whole Coleman cast. Coleman Domingo. Coleman Domingo. Oh my god! I also I saw a trailer last night. Oh, Col- Coleman Domingo is going to be in the new um, Candyman movie, so good Ooh. good year for him, I think. Um, but yeah, and I saw it at Draft House, and there was a surprise Q and A afterwards with Coleman Domingo, Janiska Bravo, and Jeremy O'Harris. Super interesting. They said some very interesting things about the changes they made to the movie. Um, after it um, was released from the clutches of one James Franco, who they did not mention by name, but they were like mm. the prior person attached to this movie, um, which I like had yes. to write on one of the little uh, draft house pieces of paper and hand it to Matt. Be like they're talking about James Franco. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But definitely recommend Zola. I believe it is also now um, already made the transition to VOD. So if oh, you really? want to check that out. Yep. Oh, wow. Another VOD a view- viewable movie um, is uh, called Werewolves Within. Um, it is a little funny horror comedy by, I want to say this guy's name, if my internet will work. Um, it is by, come on. What Josh it? Rubin, it looks Thank like. you, Josh Rubin. Thank you. Uh, he made a movie last year um, that I also called um, Scare Me that was like a fun little dark horror comedy also. Um, and so, yeah, Werewolves Within, it's technically an adaptation, I guess, of some sort of video game, but it's really just a fun werewolf comedy horror movie um also now on vod which is how i watched it and then um three new movies this weekend um friday night went and saw pig uh movie of 2021 pig um truly like 
both want to talk about it nonstop, but also don't want to talk about it at all until people see it. Um, yeah. Because it's yeah. just, you know, I, I went in kind of being like, well, this will be fun. And then it was just totally blown away. It's a really, really fantastic movie. Um, but I cannot wait. The movie I expected it. to be like an ironic fun movie. Yeah. And everyone's it's, like, no, this is I unironically sincere. It is, uh, it is just, and it has humor in it. Um, yeah, sure. But, it, you know, but it is just like oh it's just like a beautiful movie about you know loss and life and what have you um so pigs and pigs um the pig is pretty cute um better and or worse than first cow um so i i don't (laughs) nick's face (laughs) okay so i am the person who thought first cow was perfectly fine and a very nice movie um but i connected way more with uh this movie but it's i'm not gonna say like better than first cow i'm not like crazy just personally more connected with uh pig over sure. cow no disrespect to Evie, really obviously um and then yesterday went and saw um the new uh the escape room sequel escape room tournament of champions um if you liked and watched the first escape room i recommend the sequel it's real fun um I love a PG-13 horror. It's a really good time. I had a friend go with me. It was her first time back at the movies. We had a blast. Uh, watched it at the Draft House. Lots of popcorn. Um, it's fun. Those movies are, are really neat, and they they have some pretty visually stunning and inventive sequences in them. Um, so, yeah, that's good. And then last night, finally caught up with No Sudden Move, the new Soderbergh movie that's on HBO Max. Nice. And it is um, great. Good movie. It's it's. Did you guys know it was a period piece? I did not know it was a period no. piece. I've I've it's, almost started it like multiple times this past week, it's and then ended in, up going with something else. It's set in the 1950s, which is a thing I did not know until I hit play on the movie. Um, but it's great. It's just it's it's low key, but like really good high stakes. Also, good performance from Noah Jupe, who's turning into quite the uh, interesting young man actor. Mm-hmm. Like he uh, has a small part, who's um, pretty good in it though. So and um, yeah, recommend No Sudden Move HBO Max. That's my movies. All right. Um, some of my movies were, uh, I saw the, I don't know if I mentioned this in the last podcast and I have to add it, but I saw when a woman ascends the, oh, I did mention that. I did mention one. So, uh, so besides that, the stuff I've watched recently, I did the entire human condition, which, um, great, but assuredly subpar compared to Harakiri. Um, I was curious how it stack up. Um, but still, Great achievement, fantastic film, liked it a lot. Uh, saw the long goodbye, so yeah, Jana, what, what? Yep, come over. More, um, um, more Sterling Hayden uh, content in your life. Yes, Elliot Gould um, can get it. Oh yeah, awesome dude. Yeah, <laughs> he's um, got a nice cat. Great Sterling Hayden. Yeah, yeah. Briefly. Um, <laughs> Briefly. Where's my cat? Where's the cat? Aw. That and uh, I saw... uh, The Stranger are both uh, stories about people who lose pets very early on, and then we never uh, resolve what <laughs> Get any resolution on it? Yeah. <laughs> um, All That Heaven Allows, which has become quite quickly one of my favorite movies, and mm-hmm. I might be doing a project on that later in the year because I really, really want to dive deep into it. Um, and then this past week... Um, I actually have met someone recently, Jan and Nick know this, but we marathoned quite a few movies recently. We did uh, Matter of Life and Death, Punch Drunk Love, Monsoon Wedding, and Amadeus. So, mm. Punch Drunk Love and Monsoon Wedding, when you were asking for sort of like 
nice love story movies, those were two that popped into my head yeah. that I did not bother to suggest out loud, but no, I was thinking about them. Turns out she's a massive Louis Guzman fan. Hey, so look at we, that. We bonded over like uh What a thing to have in common. We need more Louis Guzman movies. Okay, there, so, so now Green, you guys Greendale Community sit down. College alum Louis Guzman. <laughs> yes. Um so <laughs> now what a great opportunity for you guys to maybe sit down and watch both Out of Sight and The Limey. Do a little uh yeah, Louis yeah, Guzman yeah. Soderbergh uh watch. I think you did I think you'd have a nice time. <laughs> You're really going to keep shoving that. Well, I, I, you know, if it weren't for the Louis Guzman of it all, I, I, probably, I need to watch but, but I'm just saying, if you want to be a, you know, proclaim yourself as a Louis Guzman Louis fan. Louis Guzman head. Pretty significant uh, uh, entries in his filmography, that's all. Gotcha, gotcha. So I guess that'll come up in the coming weeks then. All right, and that should be all. You can find us on Twitter and Letterboxd and at Gmail at GreatMoviesPod. Um and we would like to thank our friend Scott Brady for doing the artwork. Thank you. You can find him at S Brady Artist on Twitter. And that should be all. Roger out. Roger, Roger out. And when I go to the movies, I am that person on the screen. I am having vicariously an experience that happened to someone else. And that makes me a better person. That to see good films and to see important films is one of the most profoundly civilized experiences that we can have as people.